On this episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we're going to be talking about the daily workflow for trading the Trinity system. Before I go on, just a quick disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, so everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. Okay, so I want to give you guys a sense of kind of the daily routine, or in my case daily since we're entering every day. This may change depending on your account size and your entry frequency. But just kind of daily workflow of how we're actually trading and managing the Trinity system. And this is one of those things where, you know, I always like to say that it's very simple to trade and execute. And, and that's true. <laughs> but I realize uh, it's, it's far from simple, right? The overall system, the complexity, though, is not from the execution. It's more from learning and you know, getting the conviction to actually pull the trigger, right? It's it's only taken, you know, 40 episodes of podcasts and, you know, 30 some hours or whatever that is and all the spreadsheets and all the mechanics and, you know, I don't know how much stuff. And so thank you if you've made it this far. But really, the reason I wanted to go through all that was just because, again, I wanted to lay the foundation, right? You have to, for in order to be successful and have conviction and a strategy, you need to know, and I always say this, not just why it doesn't work, but why it does, right? When you're trading something, you want to know why it should work so that if things don't seem to go your way, you can recognize when it's just part of the process and not necessarily that there's something wrong, that the strategy isn't working or whatever, right? So, you know, if you got to this point, and you know, I know that there's people out there who have been implementing the the system and the strategies ready. Um, and you might have, you know, your own kind of systems for trading, uh, tracking the trades and the trade logs. You guys can of course see um, my posted trade logs uh, for the open positions and for the closed ones. And so, the way we do this is, of course, the the groundwork is first to understand how the strategy works and then you have to figure out the allocation right so the target return for the theta engine and then the sizing for the vibranium shield if you decide to do that remember if you're going to trade the the vibranium shield and you're also using the theta engine as a, a main income strategy component then all you're really doing is just sizing up the theta engine to accommodate your allocation to the vibranium shield so what I have is, if you guys look at my trade logs, um, the open positions, for example, uh, what I do is I have um, I have it laid out where you can see, of course, the entry dates on all of the positions we've entered, and you can see these kind of placeholder entries where I set the contract size to zero, and then I have the entry date, you know, for today, for tomorrow, the next day, for example. And what I like to do is. Um, in Google Sheets, you can do a conditional formatting where you can get the cell to change color. In, in my case, I use yellow when the date that is in that entry uh, date cell matches the current day. I think the function is like, um, actually, let me, let me see what I have here. In fact, I have the conditional formatting and the rule for the formatting is when the date is equal to, and literally it's called today. So it's, it's really simple to do in Google Sheets. And so every day, uh, now, of course, for me, uh, I have my entry frequency at daily, so I don't necessarily need an extra reminder, although I set a calendar reminder, for example, and I have the cell on the sheet. One cell each day will light up yellow. That lets me know that this is where I'm going to do today's entry. And then what I also have is for the contract size, you, you guys may or may not see this on the, the public sheet. 
But for me, when the contract size is zero, it also highlights yellow. So basically, if I notice on my open positions tab, I see yellow for the contract size because it's zero, because I have no position on, and it's yellow on the trade date, I know that I have to enter a trade, right? And then so when I enter my trade, I increase the contract size or change it to whatever it is, and that cell turns back to white, right? So I know that I've completed that trade. Now, again, like I mentioned, I also do a calendar reminder, but really, this is a once a day process. A lot of your time, honestly, implementing is going to be spent logging and just kind of reviewing your trade log and making sure that everything is within you know what you expect. But on the daily, uh, I do this normally at the end of the day, um, maybe five, 10 minutes before the close, but it doesn't have to be that way because I've said this before, with these longer dated trades, the, the specific entry time is not really important. If you want to, you know, let's say in the middle of the day you saw a big drop in volatility spikes and you think there's opportunity, fine. That's it, it won't change on honestly long term, it won't really make that much difference. But if you wanna, you know, do that, that's fine. But the process for me is first I look to enter the theta engine uh, component. So on my spreadsheet, you know, I have a personal one that it looks just like um the risk calculator. So uh, there's a net liquidity based on a PCR. It tells me how much based on my premium, uh, my target return and everything. So I have my credit target. And I have a little cell where it kind of tells me I, I can toggle the contract size or I just type in like, depending on how many contracts I want to trade, what I need to sell per um, the premium per contract to hit the overall credit target right, for that entry. So I'll just kind of fiddle with that until it fits whatever you know the 15 delta is for, for that day. So I enter the trade, sorry, so I sell to open, whatever the, the credit is, I will log it, um, you know, type in the contract size, type in the, the credit, and most of my spreadsheets is set up where it automatically prints out all the rest of stuff like total credit, the DIT and DET. You can look at my, my um, template and all the functions are there, are, they're all pretty much automatic. Uh, so I enter the Theta Engine component, and then after that we enter the Bomb Shelter component, which is basically, Again, the rules are you take one-tenth of that credit and then you go out to the, the 60 DTE or closer to 60 DTE and you buy two puts, right? So two longs for each short um, of, the, of the Theta engine. So again, I have a um, similar to the risk calculator tool for uh, the Theta engine. I have something similar for the bomb shelter where it, it just it references that credit target and it tells me how many contracts I need to do and what the debit I need to spend is. So I just go down on the option chain and just look it up. So I, I buy the two long shelters, the bomb shelter longs, I log those. And you guys probably, if you're watching, you may even catch me updating because sometimes you'll you'll see no entry there and all of a sudden it's you just see the numbers populate, right? So that, that's it, it's, it's very quick. Um, remember, as soon as you enter the short, you set a bracket order, uh, you set at 60% max profit, or you set it at 200% uh, loss. And one thing you can do um, for the bomb shelter longs, right? We mentioned this before. You can close it when the short exits. Now, if you're logging these, right, what I do is I, I have these kind of two sections side by side. So I have the, the bomb shelter entry and then the um, on the right and then the theta engine on the left. So I know which bomb shelter entry corresponds to which theta engine entry. So when you see one close on the theta engine, you just close the corresponding long. Now, if you have a broker that allows uh, conditional orders, 
that are based on a different product. And what I mean is we actually use a conditional order. So um, I will have a exit order on the long that's conditioned on whatever makes the short exit. So I'll give you a example. Um, right now I'm looking at my spreadsheet. I have like a 3,880 strike short for SPX. And so I got $40.70 credit. So my exit targets are either I can close it for profit take at 1630 or get stopped out if the option hits 122.10, which is triple, right? So what I can do is now my long strike is something completely different, right? It's like a December 16th, 2775. But, and this might depend on a broker, but I can condition the exit of my 2775 long on the price of my 3880 short. So I can say if my short hits that triple price, the 122.10, or the take profit price at 16.30 to close my long. So I'm, I'm conditioning the exit of my long based on the price of the short. Again, I don't know if all brokers even allow this, but this is what we've been doing in interactive brokers. So essentially, we have just a, a book full of bracket orders on the shorts and these conditional exits on the long. So it's, it's pretty much all, you know, hands off as soon as we enter, right? Now, for the Vibranium Shield, uh, again, quick disclaimer, we are not implementing yet because we're trying to dial in what size we want to make this and exactly the heuristics we want to follow for actually cashing out, like at what point do we want to start cashing out. Um, but the actual entry process, very similar. Based on your, first you determine your allocation size, you know, using a budgeting tool, and then that translates to a entry. So you determine your entry frequency, right? So if you're gonna enter weekly, daily, bi-weekly, whatever it is, you know, you'll set a schedule. And what I would do is you have a trade log for all of the Vibranium Shield long puts. And again, um, you can preload these kind of placeholder entries and put the trade dates that are going to come up. If you're doing weekly, just have a entry date every, you know, every week. And then if you do a conditional um, formatting on Google Sheets to have it light up when it matches the current date, you'll know that, hey, whenever you see a, a, a lit up uh, sell, if, if that entry line doesn't have any contracts, hey, it's, it's that data enter, right? So very straightforward. And again, with the Vibranium Shield, when you enter those longs, you don't have a hard exit. So you just enter and really, you know, follow the kind of the different triggers that I mentioned in the last episode. Those will be your, your, your points at which you want to look at cashing out. So again, that is really it as far as the daily workflow, right? Those three trades, which may or may not all overlap on the same day. Now, since we do daily, we, we potentially would just have those three trades. But if you're doing you know, Vibranium Shield once uh, a week, right? And then the Theta Engine daily, you may just be dealing the Theta Engine and Bomb Shelter daily in the Vibranium Shield hedge once a week. So that's up to kind of how you're allocating, how you're spreading that out. But again, I just want to reiterate that, you know, up to this point, you know, we've spent so much time really going in, into the theory and the numbers and kind of figuring out how to sizing and the risk and all of that. But the actual implementation is very straightforward. So one other thing I suggest you do is, you know, the risk calculator um, at the Theta Engine webpage, there is a kind of value at risk meter, right? And I, and I tied it to the average book size based on the, the back-tested metrics. And I have a number of kind of or arbitrary book sizes, right? What is the risk at 10 positions, 20 positions, 30 positions? What you'll want to do is, because remember, risk is 
uh, the proxy for risk is credit, right? So I have literally a value at risk cell on my own kind of personal dashboard spreadsheet. And all I've done is I've, I've taken a sum of um, all the credits sold of all our open positions, right? So if I take the sum and I get, you know, for example, some number of thousands of dollars, and I just take that and divide it by our net liquidity, and that's the value at risk metric, right? And from that, you can just print out your level one risk, level two risk. So you have something on your dashboard. So every single time you enter a position, put one on, take one off, you'll be able to see an instantaneous feedback of what is the value at risk you hold in your portfolio, which translate to the level one and level two risk. So you kind of have that gauge and you have the instant feedback and you can decide at some point, depending on the number of positions, if you want to prune the book, if you want to hold off on adding positions, right? So if at some point, you know, the risk amount based on the the way the market's been moving, you haven't been closing winners, you just have a lot of positions. Of course, you have that discretion to kind of manage that risk. So uh, that's something, you know, just can kind of be left up to you. But anyways, hopefully, well, finally, a short and sweet episode, kind of anyways. Um, but that's it. So that's kind of the daily workflow. If you guys have any questions, you know, as always, kind of feel free to reach out and um, good luck trading this thing. And let's leave it there. As always, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It's available on most of the major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also find more of my content at my trading page at www.thetradebusters.com, where you can find all of my strategy mechanics and trade logs, as well as essays I've written and other podcasts I recommend. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at The Trade Buster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.